Welcome to the Right Now Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 31, Tis the Season for Taxes, coming to you on Tuesday, February 27th, 2018. It also is the season for being a bonehead and for doing things twice. Just because I thought that you would think it's funny to, <laughs> to hear me admit I just did this entire podcast with my microphone off. So I have this lovely video that is not useful for anyone unless you're able to read lips, which, you know, A, I can't do, and B, no one who's listening on audio only will be able to do. So there you go. Laugh if anything stupid has happened to you lately. Just know, you know, it probably wasn't as stupid as what I just did. But now I've done it twice. So there we go. I mean, by the time I do this again, I'll have done it twice. I'll really be able to give you this information completely in a great way. All right. So here's what I said. <laughs> as I was emailing my accountant this week, I was thinking to myself, you know, it's tax season. This is a good thing to talk about because Tuesdays, I always like to talk about something that's practical, either in your writing or in your writing career. So the whole reason why it's called Right Now Workshop is because I want you to be able to take what you learn and do something with it now. Go write now using this new tip. Go work on your business now using this new tip. So if this is the first time that you are reporting self-employment income tax income for tax purposes, then um, I've got some tips for you. And if you've already done it, then hopefully there are some good reminders in here that will help the uh, tax season to go very, very smoothly for you. So here they are. The first one is always get a receipt. In this age of trying to go paperless and trying to be digital, a lot of places do not give you a receipt unless you ask for the one, especially restaurants. Now, um, some places like Staples will offer to send you an email copy of your receipt instead of a paper one or sometimes with a paper one. I always get an emailed copy of my receipt from Staples because then I've got it, but I don't need to keep all the paper. So always get a receipt in whatever form that you get it, and make sure that you keep all of your business receipts together. Now, I try to keep mine uh, separate from my personal ones in as much as they're either in another area of the same place where I keep all of my receipts, so I don't forget, where did I put those? Um, sometimes I just have a paper clip on them so that they're separate from the personal ones, but you want to be able to quickly and easily find the business receipts and not have to go through a year's worth of receipts trying to figure out which ones are personal, which ones are business, and if there is any receipt that actually has some business stuff on it as well as some personal stuff on it. So keep them marked. Make sure that you know where they are and that they're marked. Also, if you had any meeting that was um, having a coffee or a meal with somebody, you need to make sure, according to my accountant, that you have the name or names of the people that you met with and the purpose of the meeting written on the receipt. This will help you if you ever get audited so that the IRS can feel assured that this was a real meeting and that you weren't just making it up so that you could claim more deductions. Also, just another little aside, your um, meal expenses, at least on American taxes, I think everywhere in the U.S., um, are only a 50% deduction. So just keep in mind that if you are thinking, oh, I'm just going to have a meal every single time I go out because it'll be completely tax deductible. Okay. 
if you want to do that, that's fine, but it will probably be only 50% tax deductible. And make sure that you write the names of the people you met with and the purpose of the meeting on the receipt and keep the receipt. Very important. Okay, next tip. Make sure that you track how much was personal when you're doing a business event. Say you go to a conference um, and you go to Orlando and you spend two extra days there so that you can go to Disney World. That is all perfectly fine, but those two extra days in the hotel and the two extra days worth of food are not part of the tax deductible expenses that you'll be able to claim for the business trip of the conference that's in Orlando. Does that make sense? So anything that's bona fide business is totally fine. I have no idea if your company takes you to Disney World or somebody is like, we're having a meeting in Disney World. I don't know the answer to that question. Your accountant would know the answer or you would have to look it up on the IRS website or something. But in general, you probably know the difference between when something is personal and when it's business. And you just need to make sure that if they're part of the same receipt or the same trip, you've split it out so that you're putting the correct expenses where they belong. Now, also when you're purchasing things for resale, a um, couple of things. One is, again, you want to keep the business and the personal separate. Well, isn't it always business? If you're, for instance, buying 10 copies of one of your books and you give two of them away to, say, your mother and your mother-in-law, then those two books because you're not paying sales tax on them and you're not selling them to someone who is paying sales tax on them. Um, everything that I have learned in all of my experiences in doing taxes in a couple of different states is that you have to personally pay the sales tax yourself then on the books that you're giving away as gifts. Not, as, not on the copies that are review copies, not on the copies that are going to bloggers and places where you're hoping or expecting them to give you a review because that's the that's a business purpose but if it's just you know giving it to a friend um, and it has no business purpose attached to it then you need to keep track of how many books are um, distributed that way so that you pay the sales tax on it um, when you fill out your sales taxes now I actually sort of skipped ahead a little bit there so one of the things that you need to know if you didn't already know it is that if you're selling um, physical products, so mostly I'm thinking about books, but also maybe you've had some book bags made that have your logo or something on them, um, or uh, not, not bookmarks or postcards, something like that, because those are things that you give away as a marketing item, so those are a marketing expense generally. But anything that you're going to sell, probably in your city, county, state, province or country, uh, somewhere you'll be able to look up whether or not you're required to fill out a sales tax license. If you are, then you'll also be required to um, fill out sales tax forms generally once a year and pay the amount of sales tax that you collect back to the government. Now, when you do that, you'll also have the ability to get a resale certificate, which is basically a piece of paper that says, this is my sales tax number. I'm buying something to resell. I'm not the final customer. I'm going to sell it to the final customer. And therefore, you, Mr. Vendor, don't charge me sales tax because I'll be collecting the sales tax from my customer. 
Does that make sense? Um, it will definitely save you money because the first few times that I ordered books, I had no idea. And I... And it wasn't, I think, until the third box of books that I ordered that I was like, wait a minute, why am I paying sales tax and I'm collecting sales tax? And so I went online and I looked it up and I think I probably called, you know, one of the government agency phone numbers and they explained it a little bit better to me. I'm like, oh, so then I signed up for a sales tax license, which then allowed me to get a resale certificate. So then, for instance, when I bought more books, all I had to do was fax in. This was, yes, in the days of fax. <laughs> I'll probably email them a copy of the resale certificate and then they'll stop charging tax on your shipments from there on. Now, um, some places don't require you to pay sales tax depending on the city, state, you know, province, et cetera, that you live in. So if you live in one of those, yay, but make sure that you've done your due, dil due diligence in um, searching for the right information and that you're positive that in your area you don't have to collect sales tax. But if you do, then just remember that you also want to do the resale certificate so that you're not paying taxes on something that you're then going to sell and collect taxes again on. The government is owed its due, but it's not owed double its due. <laughs> All right. Now that is for any physical product. Um, we already talked about gifts. And again, that would be physical products. Um, you could, as far as I know, I've never asked because it doesn't cost me anything to email an ebook to someone. Um, and generally, I haven't started uh, selling ebooks myself personally. You know, I sell them through Amazon or Kobo or iBooks or Barnes and Noble. So um, I don't think that anyone has, oh, let me say it a different way. I don't think. And no one has ever told me that there is any tax issues involved at all in sending as many free um, electronic book files to anyone you want. So you could send your mom and your grandma and everybody in your whole family an ebook copy of your book and it wouldn't have any, any effect at all on your taxes. So that's another thing that you might want to double check. But otherwise, I think I can say it with some certainty that that won't be a problem. All right. Now... Because you might be selling things in different cities or different counties or even different states, you need to know what the rules are in the place where you're actually doing the selling, the place where you're handing over the book and they're handing over the money. So, for instance, I went to a conference in Nevada and we had to fill out a form there, which I think the conference center made the conference people do. Or maybe it was the state that made them do it in order to have a conference there. And everybody who had a booth at this conference had to fill out a form that was a state of Nevada sales tax form. And at the end of the um, expo, we filled out how many books we sold, how much money was collected, and how much tax then that turned out to be based on the tax rate in that city, in that state. And then we paid the tax and turned in our form as we left the expo. That was actually the most organized thing that I've ever been to as far as uh, taxes in another area. Now, uh, on a different note, when I'm in California and I'm in this county, I have to collect this amount of tax if I'm at a, you know, some sort of book signing. But if I go to that county, I might have to collect a different amount of tax. And sometimes if I go to a different city in a different county, it's a different amount of tax. Versus another city will say, well, if you're only going to do one book signing event in the whole year, 
we won't make you collect any tax or send us any tax, so long as it's not like a regular thing that you're doing as a part of your business in our city slash county. So you, know, you definitely need to make sure that you know the rules for the place where you'll actually be selling. I, I ended up having to actually fill out a form to get my own sales tax number in the state of Michigan, even though I don't live in Michigan, because I used to, so I have a lot of family, friends, you know, I visited my old school, I went to my old library, I was at a uh, comic book convention there selling my superhero books, and I was doing a whole bunch of events over the space of like a month or so. It was kind of a um, partly vacation scene family trip, and also I had all these events scheduled throughout the trip. Because I had more than X number of events per X number of month period, they made me fill out a sales tax form to get a license number. And then I would have to fill out this form every year until I was sure I wasn't going to sell books there again. And then fill out a form saying I no longer, you know, will be doing business in the state of Michigan. It was so ridiculous. And I did not realize the extent of all of these forms and paperwork that I would have to do. I definitely would have made sure that I knew what the rules were and then uh, arranged everything so that I just did fewer events so that I wouldn't have to go through all that paperwork headache. And it really ended up to be quite a headache over the course of a couple of years. So make sure that you know what you're doing before you get there to do it. Also, some places I went to a different book signing that was in, uh, I think it was Costa Mesa, California. And at that one, either the organizer or the city or, you know, the two of them together, I'm not sure what, but um, you had to show proof that you had a sales tax license for the city of Costa Mesa before they would allow you to set up your table. So you had to have known beforehand that you had to get it. Thankfully, you know, they were forthcoming with that information and you had to make sure that you got it in time so that you had it in your hand before you went to set up your table or they just wouldn't have let you do it because they had to make sure that they stuck by the rules too. So these are all the sorts of things that you need to research in advance, make sure that you're aware. And then I strongly suggest that anything that you know you're going to have to fill out, any kind of form, paperwork, or whatever, write it on your calendar, especially if it's annual. I mean, if you live in the United States, you know that your income taxes are due April 15th. They're always due the 15th, except for, you know, depending on whether or not it falls on a weekend, it might actually be the 16th or 17th. But for the most part, April 15th, that's the tax filing deadline. We all know this. And um, if you are um, reporting your self-employment income, your, your, your writing income as just under you, your name, your social security number, not an LLC, not a corporation, then because it has to go on your uh, in income tax form, so it's probably your Schedule C attached to your you know, 1040, then you need to make sure that you have all the information together and you know what goes where. But if you're going to have additional forms, like for instance, in the state of California, I have a sales tax license. The sales tax year runs July 1st to June 30th, and then you have one month to file. So the filing deadline is always July 31st. You just need to make sure that during that month between the end of June and the end of July, you've calculated all of your taxes that you collected and that now 
now need to be paid to the state and get the form in on time along with the payment. So <laughs> I have gotten to like, uh, I think it was the 28th or 29th of July and went, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Now I have to go and calculate a whole year's worth of taxes. And I'm not even sure that I was keeping up with it well enough. And it took a long time. It was like the only thing I did for two days, which of course completely throws off the rest of the schedule for all the things that you had planned to do during those two days. And also, um, you know, depending on whether or not you have to call the tax agency and ask for help in getting the form filled out correctly, which I did have to do, it can really be very stressful and um, just not something that you want to have to do twice. So learn from my mistakes. Write on your calendar when things are due and also write like a month before. Remember to get ready for blah, 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 which is due in a month, that sort of thing. It'll really help you. And as a final way to try not to be um, too stressed out by the time tax time comes, no matter where you live, my suggestion is pick one day a week or one day a month if you don't have that much going on and make that the day that you calculate all of your expenses, income, taxes, that sort of thing for the month or the week, whatever it is. You don't want to forget those little items that you just ran to the store because you needed this cable and you got it, you took it out of the packaging, you connected it, and then you just didn't think about it again. And then, you know, that what if that was something that you forgot the receipt and you forgot that you did it and it was six months ago and, you know, maybe that's another $30 that could have gone towards your um, allowable deductions. So it is worth your time and money. And, and it's worth it, not just in stress, but in actual money that you can claim as a uh, as an expense and, and as a deduction to your uh, to your writing income. So I think those are all the things that I had for now. Um, basically, the whole point is Try to stay organized. Uh, keep track of all the different things. Make sure you're keeping track of your mileage when you're driving to meetings. Uh, find out whether or not your mileage when you drive to the office supply store is something that's tax deductible. Ask your accountant or look it up for your area. Um, basically, just be on the lookout for anything that might be a allowable tax deduction. You don't want to get in trouble for going overboard. You don't want to be audited, but if you are audited, you want to make sure that you kept all those receipts and that they're all marked clearly for exactly what was happening so that you don't have to worry about there being any problem. And definitely that your best bet, your best information, though it's not always the easiest to understand, is the tax website in the country, city, state that you live in. That's the place to get the best information. Second best place is a licensed or certified public accountant or somebody who is, um, it, whatever it's called in, in your country, you know, licensed, certified, or whatever, um, that they know the rules and they can definitely give you the correct answer to any of your questions. And then the, the third best step is ask friends who live in the area that you live and ask them what they're doing. What are they keeping track of? What forms are they filling out? Um, what do they think about this or that? Remember that um, listening to them, listening to me, <laughs> because I'm one of those people in your life right now. Um, this is information that 
probably is pretty correct. I mean, that's what always, I always have to doubt um, because I'm, I'm a person who always wants to look it up and make sure so that I don't get myself in trouble because maybe I just misunderstand what somebody said, let alone maybe they gave information that's old or just incorrect, period. So definitely make sure that you know that you're doing the right thing and then try to keep up with it throughout the year so that you don't go crazy when tax time comes. Now, you have six more weeks till tax time. So if you did forget about some of these things, start working on it now. It won't be quite as horrible as if you started uh, coming up with these thoughts and trying to figure out where you'd put everything April 1st, two weeks before taxes are due. But um, hopefully this will get you on track uh, for now and going forward. Sticky notes are your friends. Writing notes on calendar, that's that's your friend. <laughs> then you won't be uh, surprised and have to suddenly rearrange everything because you forgot that there were things that you needed to do that have to do with your business part of your writing life that isn't just writing. I know we all wish we could just write and that would be it. Oh, that sounds lovely, but that's not the case because we're business people. We've got our own little empire that we're building. So go build it, build it well, build it legally. (laughs) I hope you found this helpful and um, I hope it made you laugh that I was so ridiculous that I forgot to turn on my mic. So if you do anything ridiculous that you're like, I'm such an idiot, find somebody who will make you laugh about it. My husband just now (laughs) pretended to be crying while he was actually laughing. And then he was calling me a bonehead. And I'm like, yeah, basically. (laughs) But it made me laugh. And then it made me like not upset. So if you do anything like that, find a friend like that who can make you just laugh about it and (laughs) move on. All right, that's it. I will talk to you more later this week. Have a good one.